We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Defensively, um, you know, I, I really felt like we were relentless the whole day against a really good offense. You could feel it. Um, it, was a, it was a game where um, we were able to affect them and, I think it all started too with, uh, uh, with with 52. I mean, every single play, Khalil was was all over the place, and it, it was really one of those games where you could see that they knew where he was on every play, and and he was able to still affect the game. And it the other guys, his teammates around him, helped him with that part. And so all in all, it was 11 guys on defense that were just flying around uh, against a really good offense with a lot of good skill players. This Bears coach Matt Nagy talking to the assembled media yesterday, coming off his team, getting above the 500 mark for the first time this season. And so that sets them up for a magnificent matchup against the 4-1 and Green Bay Packers this coming week. I'm Anthony Heron. This is the Miller Lite Top Draft from Hawthorne's Bar and Grill out in West Chicago. Here with you until 9 o'clock. We've been talking a lot of White Sox up to this point in the evening, transitioning to some Bears discussion in just a mere matter of moments. We'll be joined by Bears legend Lance Briggs, and folks will come up and, and talk about not only their excitement to just look at Lance, to uh, get autographed from Lance, whatever that is, but also to hear his thoughts on this ball club, this defense that has really, really answered the bell since that first game against the L.A. Rams, and we are seeing the Bears defense that we expected to see up to this point in the season. So uh, Lance will be with me until 8.30 tonight, and uh, I will be with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll see. I've had a couple of folks, got some Iowa fans in the house, been requesting a little college football discussion. We'll see. We may get to that towards the end of the show as well. I'll be here with you all the way up until 9. But from, from a Bears perspective, the situation they find themselves in, I was saying this a little bit to Lawrence on Monday, and actually one of my fellow Hawkeyes uh, even mentioned this a moment ago, because the word identity has been getting used so much by Matt Nagy since he first took over as the Bears head coach and just kind of week in, week out, game in, game out, almost season in, season out. It, it seems like he's continually talked about how the Bears haven't found their identity yet. And, and coming off of that game in Vegas is kind of the first time where, where I think everybody over there at Hallis Hall, Matt Nagy chief amongst them, recognizes what the identity of this ball club needs to be. And that, that is not only the run game. That is not only the heavy personnel. That is setting up everything that that builds off of, setting up the Bears' defense to be able to take the field with energy and urgency and passion. And, you know, I think that seeing the offense put points on the board is outstanding, but then every once in a while if they don't and you just play some field position, you back that opponent up because you took the proper approach out there, all those things 
end up equating to victory. So we didn't see some sort of a you know, juggernaut offense out there against Vegas. I mean, the, the Raiders were the ones who came in as one of the most potent offenses in football with the leading passer in the league. But that ferocious Bears pass rush, we just heard from Matt Nagy talking specifically about Khalil Mack. And Mack is still, you know, part of the concern I had was out how banged up is he throughout the preseason phase and what he's working through between the foot and the back and other things we've seen on the injury report. But when you get that guy from Khalil Mack and the, the version of Robert Quinn we've seen so far this season also, it's fun to watch them play defense at the level that we're watching them play it at right now. But all those things work in concert together. And it feels like there's a realization of that at House Hall. And, and we'll see. I don't want to... I don't want to use the word commitment to it yet because we've basically just kind of seen it for a couple of games here. And we saw it for a couple of games last season. Maybe there's a game or two we saw before that where it felt kind of begrudging. But uh, the indication I'm getting, and, you know, in, in some way, Matt Nagy kind of, kind of set himself up into a, a predicament over the offseason where he took play calling back after he gave it up last season and the offense seemed to move with more rhythm, but just in a different manner than he's been accustomed to, a different manner than what he's comfortable with, with the multi-tight end sets and going under center as much as they do and that hard play action look. But it did look better. Now against, you know, some, some lower level competition late in the season last year, but it moved the ball more efficiently, more effectively. This year, though, when he talked about throughout the offseason that he wanted to be better, that he wanted to improve, that he was going to take play calling back, it kind of, you know, at least I respected the, the level of, competitiveness, I guess, and the realization that his willingness to state publicly that he needed to be better. And then we saw those initial games of the season where he was going back to some of the same, what I would term as mistakes, some of the, the flawed approach that doesn't, it's not like you can't run that system anywhere. He's trying to run what the Kansas City Chiefs do essentially. You know, he doesn't have Pat Mahomes. He doesn't have those high level offensive tackles. And so it's not working here in Chicago, but there's an approach to offense that suits this personnel. And we're seeing that. Of course, the young quarterback, getting Justin Fields into the lineup. Now, my concern where, you know, I was talking to whether it was Bernstein and Rahimi about it, talking to Parkinson Spiegel about it, talking to Lawrence about it, in the time leading into, like going to watch preseason training camp and, you know, comparison between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and, and running Matt Nagy's system, yes, Andy Dalton seemed better suited for that, just for the, the quickness and the rhythm to the passing attack that they're hoping for. But it just, it was still ineffective once you actually got it in game but that was part of what through my lens gave me a little bit of patience with when and how soon they should sort of start justin fields or put justin fields into the lineup because i didn't necessarily think he was best suited in that qb room to run what matt Nagy wanted to run but now that the play calling has been turned over handed back to bill laser again and i love the fact that that matt Nagy in the post game the other day after that game against vegas part of what i'm thinking at least leaves me a little more confident that, that he recognizes the identity was there's just something about his demeanor after that win in Vegas, that road win that gets their record above 500, where he just seemed enthusiastic about it. And, you know, he's been captain positive most of the time he's been here in Chicago, even in the midst of the, the six-game losing streak and the collaboration discussions and all those things. He still has done what he can to be kind of glasses half full and to talk about things in this uber-positive manner. But then, you know, the game from a couple of weeks ago, coming out of Cleveland and that, that level of, of embarrassment that was there for the way the offense looked and just the football world having the harsh glare on Matt Nagy, his response was, you know, whether it was him, whether it was Ryan Pace, whether it was Virginia McCaskey, whether whoever, saying, Matt, 
give the play calling up, man. Just, just run the show. He didn't necessarily look, you know, maybe fully invested in that for the initial game. But after the game in Vegas and the way his squad performed and coming out with that win, a win that didn't necessarily have a bunch of explosive offensive plays. Like the week before against Detroit, you know, a lot of us were kind of salivating what Justin Fields could do and what his deep ball accuracy could mean and what that play action for Chicago could end up meaning with Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. We didn't see that against Vegas. But what I love, though, is that even in the midst of that, even in the midst of a performance where the Bears offense didn't light up the scoreboard where the Bears offense didn't have big chunk pass plays over and over again. Matt Nagy still stepped to the podium enthusiastic about that afterwards. And it wasn't him calling the plays and that was all good because the further and further we get away from that portion of the discussion, if the Bears are ringing up wins, if his squad is getting the dubs, it's still going to be about Matt Nagy as the leader of the show. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's easy because he's been picturing being the head coach slash play caller all these years that he's been in the National Football League. He's been picturing it one way, and it has been progressing in an opposite way. The, the success or lack thereof that has been there for the Bears offense hasn't been what Matt Nagy was hoping for up until now. But I do feel like my impression, at least, is that he is fully invested and accepted what needs to happen for the Bears offense and how that can suit everything else that they're looking to be as a franchise. Now, I don't know exactly what I think the Bears' ceiling is, this season yet. Looking forward to having part of that discussion with Lance Briggs in just a couple of minutes and what he thinks this, this ceiling is. But I think it's certainly much higher because the approach to this Bears offense is able to enhance this Bears defense. And their new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, didn't have his best effort that first game. He, he got lit up by the LA Rams. But there's certain particular individual things, adjustments that get made in game and the variety of looks of coverage that he throws at the opponent, utilizing Jalen Johnson, a, a second-year defensive back out of Utah, tracking some of the top receivers from the opponent in the way that he's allowed that to happen at times, getting Eddie Jackson near the line of scrimmage in certain situations where, you know, E. Jackson isn't necessarily known as a guy who's kind of the, the physical player to play on the opposing side of the line of scrimmage. But Sean Desai and his approach to things has been utilizing that, that particular skill set that maybe all of us didn't necessarily know we're there from Eddie Jackson. Lance Briggs in the house. Give him a big round of applause. Bears legend with us here on the Miller Lite Top Draft Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. And Lance, yeah, you got the headset on. We'll stay here for a moment, get a little, little intro and in. I'm with active. Us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lance Briggs with us in the house. I was just talking a moment ago, Lance, about you know, kind of doing some big picture thoughts, but specifically, okay. I was talking Eddie Jackson a moment ago while you were rolling in here because that to me, specific to Sean Desai and all the, the players who like back in the offseason were talking yeah. about his, his acumen and the, the way he thinks the game at such a high level and the Vic Fangio disciple that he is, yeah. I feel like that, the, use, the, the usage of Eddie Jackson, both at the third, second, and sometimes right there at the line of scrimmage is one thing that stands out to me that we haven't seen that in a few seasons. And it's not like Eddie Jackson is taking pick sixes to the house and no. peanut punching the ball out like he right. did, but he has still shown himself as a playmaker. And I think a lot of that credit goes to Sean Desai. Well, let me tell you, um, when I, when I, uh, when, when, when Lovey ended up getting fired and, and Mark Trustman came in, um, the, the new assistant linebacker coach was Sean Desai. Okay. Okay. So I got to see Sean Desai. I got to spend time with Sean Desai at least two years before before uh, I retired, you know, and and he moved up in that in the the, the chain of command, um, 
And, uh, you know, they always say he's a bookworm, you know, and, and uh, the one thing that I, I, I'm really learning about him now is uh, he's taken a lot of notes in his years in the league, you know, and, 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 um, and to get your unit to go from, from, you know, basically looking like Swiss cheese, you know, in one week. That opening night. Right, yeah. you know, and really bad communication to having it turn around and everyone be where they need to be and getting good pressure, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, it, it says a lot about him as a coach. So, um, so far, uh, I, I think Sean has answered the call as a defensive coordinator. Now we'll see how, how things progress, but uh, so far, so good. And it seems like, you know, every, you know, certainly at least the, the second and third level, but even in a lot of situations because of the way he's moving the D-line around, there's some high-level thinking that has to happen within yeah. how he's operating defensively. Uh, guys I've talked to who played in, in Lovey scheme like you did to, to such acclaim throughout your career, right. it seemed like it was mainly kind of the linebackers maybe that had to be kind of the traffic cops right. for the entire defense. How difficult is it to, for Sean Desai to get everybody to be thinking at a high level and, and performing and executing at a high level so far? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, one of the things I think is important, you know, is, is stature. Um, and if you walk into a room full of football players and somehow, you know, you are able to find Sean Desai, Sean's a little guy, you know what I mean? So, you know, he's, there's a certain, you, you have to, you have to own the room in, in football. You know that, right? And because if you don't, you, you lose that room, you'll never get it back, you know? And, and so, uh, um, I, I, for, for Sean, you really have to win people over with your mind. You have to be able to detail everything out for every player. Whenever there's an issue or something happens in, in, in practice, you have to explain to them, you know, the, the why. You have to give them the why. And, and, and if you don't get this done, you know, uh, you know our safety's not going to be around. You're, you know, we're going to give up a touchdown. This is the, the importance of you being in this position. And then players going out and seeing that happen in front of their faces and saying, okay, I want to buy in. Our coach knows what he's talking about. And I think specifically, too, there, because obviously there's veterans on this squad yeah. who have made plays in this league mm -hmm. and made their Pro Bowls and gotten their big paychecks. But this is, while they've known Sean Desai, this is their first time actually under his quote-unquote leadership as the play caller, as the D.C. Yeah. And after that first game, what they put on film, it didn't look like what we expected. Like, no. what, what do you think happened between game one and game two and beyond that, that got – seemingly more out of the guys in that room? Well, the one thing that, that stuck out to me the most in game one is uh, lack of communication. You have a, a young defensive backfield, and you have uh, Sean McVay saying, I'm going at them. I'm like, I'm going to attack your defensive backfield. I'm letting you know right now. And with that being said, you know, the, 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 the one thing that you don't hear, and you still really don't hear it a lot from our defense before that snap of the ball, you don't hear voices. You don't hear people mm. saying, hey, I got him, I got him. Hey, heavy left, heavy left. Hey, you know, formations, calling things out. Um, that was something that we did really, did really well. And if you have a young defensive backfield, you want to make sure you know, everybody knows exactly what they're doing. Echo in the call. Echo the call. Uh, Echo the call, get it received back, and make sure that everybody is on the same page. You didn't see that, and then you had guys that were out of position. You had guys that were running wide open. And like the receiver, receiver was just invisible running through the yeah. secondary. Like, wait, oh, he, he called it. Okay, where'd you right. come from? And it just it didn't look right. Right. And then when you when plays like that happen, you you know you're like, well, he should have. We, we we all heard the call, right? You know, it's like we all heard the call. No, did you, did you did you make sure that he knew the call? Did you make sure that everybody back there, and Eddie Jackson 
is the he's the, the the most veteran player back there. So there's a lot of responsibility that goes on him if that defensive backfield is is uh, is not playing discipline. And the the lack of discipline that seemed to be there from the first game with a variety of things, he's got yeah. them doing coverage wise. I mean, they they have grown leaps and bounds like every week right. with how that's been operating. I've I've been surprised with. You know, because Eddie Jackson, I all of us, I know you on, on the football after show, me yeah. over on Fox 32 on mm -hmm. the Bears Post Game Live. Eddie Jackson's tackling has been such a topic in the time he's been here with he the doesn't. Bears. He doesn't. He doesn't seem very fond of it. <laughs> but then when he's at the line of scrimmage and, and decides, sends mm -hmm. him on some of the stunts into the backfield, it sort mm -hmm. of forces his hand. Yeah. And that's been a really effective little wrinkle he's added where, where even Eddie Jackson now is, is making what appear to be some physical plays. There. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Uh, since the first game, the, the, the defense as a whole has, they've played much better. Um, they've attacked, they've tackled better. Um, it's, it, there are still times in games where um, um, Eddie doesn't, tackle the way you want him to, uh -huh. but he's definitely getting better. You're right, playing at the line of scrimmage, maybe there's more sense of an urgency where you got you have to do it right now. Um, but at, at the safety position, um, it has to be understood, if this ball gets behind me, it's gonna be a touchdown. So get the guy down by any means necessary. I don't care what you have to do, you know, to grab his shoelace, doesn't matter. As long as the guy goes down, he goes down and we can make another play. We'll take our, our first time out, and I, I'd love to come back and, and talk the linebacker position because, like, think back to last season, they weren't deep at inside linebacker. Correct. You get into a playoff game, you got Manti Teo. I mean, you know, respect to Manti Teo, what he done in college, but he was on the practice squad, right. and he's starting a playoff game for you yep. after one guy goes down. They, they feel really deep yep. at that spot at this point. Would love to talk with you about Roquan Smith, Alec Ogletree, and now getting Danny Trevathan back in the Danny lineup and what that position can be for the Chicago Bears because nobody will be able to discuss that at a higher level than oh, the man to my right right now, well, Bears great Lance Briggs with us on the Miller Lite on the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We are here at Hawthorne's Barn Grill out in West Chicago. More to come with Lance Briggs here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How would you describe how energizing this win was today in this environment? Uh, it was huge. Uh, you know, not many people... Uh, had us doing what we did. So, uh, you know, there's a little, little adversity throughout the game, but uh, I felt like we came out and uh, did what we had to do to get the job done. It's, it feels great. Bears fans getting to know that voice more and more as uh, one of the young leaders on this squad at this point is becoming more, more vocal about different things. That was the voice of Roquan Smith talking to the assembled media. 
And we are at the Middle Light Top Draft here at Hawthorne's Bar and Grill oh, yeah. in West Chicago. I'm Anthony Heron, joined by Bears great Lance Briggs. And, uh, I mean, just to, to start the linebacker discussion that we were talking about before the break, I mean, Roquan Smith, uh, for a guy who didn't end up, I think partly because the, the nation is just kind of getting to realize how great he is, didn't right. end up getting voted into the Pro Bowl last year, but still got a lot of all-pro consideration. But specifically with Roquan, man, it just feels like everything they ask him to do, he's able to execute at a high level. I mean, you know how it is where, you know, some guys are great in coverage. Some guys are great sideline to sideline. Some guys time up the blitz well. Some guys, when they get there, have a, an array of pass rush moves they can do. But not all those things come naturally to everyone. Right. Feels like Roquan can do everything on the field. He's very instinctual. You know, I think sideline to sideline. Um, you'd be hard pressed to find another linebacker in the NFL that can that that can match his ability. Um, you know, and and uh, he's also a guy that finds himself around the ball. He, he's a playmaker. So you know, when when he's in, he his number is called. When they when his number is called the blitz, you know, he ends up on top of a, a quarterback. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, so so I guess what I'm saying is he's elite. You know, he's an elite yeah. elite player. Uh, and, and so the, you, there's a standard that's set for him that you expect each week. So for me, watching Roquan, it's more of a uh, um, um, I look at the stat and I see him make, you know, uh, less than double digit tackles. Then I want to know what's wrong, mm. you know, rather than, OK, oh he, oh, he had another 13 tackle, 14, 5, 15 <laughs> tackle game. That's what I expect for him. And, you know, for you, because the, the Bears have, have just been an organization so known for the linebacker position and, you know, you play next to now Hall of Famer yeah. Brian Erlacher. So, like, I feel like Roquan is at a point where he is just beginning to sort of enter his prime and now yes. everybody's kind of knowing where he's at. What do you remember about that stretch in your career where you were starting to ball out, but maybe folks didn't completely know how great Lance Briggs was becoming? Well, I mean, come on. Roquan's not coming in under the shadow of a, of a Brian Erlacher. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> but, so, you know, it was, uh, for me, my, my focus was to, to, I needed to earn a starting job. You know, when I, when, when I was drafted, you know, they, they had that board, they had a big board on our, in our linebacker room that talked about, you know, Hall of Fame career, you know, uh, pro bowler, all pro, um, um, starting linebacker. And then at the bottom, very bottom, it was starting on special teams, you know. And at the very top, you know, they, they revealed the names like Erlacher, Hall of Fame career. <laughs> at the very bottom, it was special teams starter, you know, <laughs> it was Lance Briggs. So, you know, from I had to convince a lot of minds that I belonged here and I should be a starter. So, you know, it was for me, it was really going from the ground all the way up. Um, and it, which is that way for a lot of guys, you know. Um, but I, I believe from day one, I thought uh, from his play, Roquan, you know, he 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 was worth his weight in gold. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything everything that you've seen in college is is carried over into the league. And he's he was the first guy that I felt like Ryan Pace drafted that wasn't a project. You know, I, right. I was saying as soon as they picked him, I was like, all right, we you know what we had seen whether it was. Kevin White or Mitch yeah. Trubisky or you name it, it was like okay I guess Leonard physical traits yeah yes. but it's like all right man is this someone that's going to immediately impact the Bears from day one and Roquan was right away that guy uh, I'm wondering for for your career yeah. in in a lot of the, the great times that you guys had defensively because one thing that impressed me with Roquan in recent weeks where he's very available to the media 
They bring him to the podium, and if, you know, inevitably somebody asks, like, "Does that make you a better player?" <laughs> they, ask, they ask about the offense, right? And you had to answer a lot of those questions in your career, where the Bears' offense wasn't always elite, yeah. to say the least. And right now, Roquan and this Bears D are in a situation where they don't have elite offense, maybe aiding them, putting them in positions where the, the scoreboard is able to, you know, put them in an advantage to play downhill at the opponent. And I think he's handling that as well as you can ask yeah. a young player to handle that, saying nothing negative about his teammates. And I think you guys were always really good yeah. about that. But how difficult can that be at times where you're not getting a lot from your own? It's not hard if you if if your mentality's right, if your if your baseline um of uh is is where it needs to be, you know, and and it really at the end of the day, it really it has to be that you can't worry about what happens in that room. That's not your room. Mm. You can only worry about what what you can control in your room. And defensively, you can control more than anybody else on that on that on that team because you're on not only on special teams, but you keep you prevent people from getting the end zone and you can also score. You know, so it, there's there's so much more that you can do defensively if you have the right mentality. I remember there I was pointing out to some folks like a few years I was in Detroit where, you know, whether it was Charlie Batch or Ty Detmer starting at quarterback and the offense wasn't giving us a whole <laughs> lot. But Robert Porsche would come to the sideline and say, guys, we're not just competing against that other offense. We're competing against their defense. You yeah, know, we, we got to go out here and ball out at a level where whatever we think they may be doing to shut our offense down, yeah. we got to be at least as good, if not better, yeah. than that opposing D. Were, were there stretches where that was, there was that kind of chatter going for you guys? Absolutely. And one of the things that's been uh, commonplace for the Chicago Bears is that they spend a lot of money on defense. Mm. You know, and right now, you know, I, I believe that the Bears, they lead the NFL in, in sacks right now. Yeah. Um, they should. The, the, right. you know, the, the, right. the, the fact of the matter is the Bears should lead the, lead, lead the league in sacks. <laughs> we pay the most money along those <laughs> line. You know? Robert Quinn, you, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. Yeah. When you put, when you do five-man protection with a lot of these office coordinators, they love that. They're, they're mm. so innovative. They're like, oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> I'm going to spread you out, and then, then I'm going to throw the ball. You know? Uh. But you have elite pass rushers. That's what's supposed to nullify that. You can't protect against guys that are making 100 million a year you shouldn't be able to and that's what cleveland did against us you know but that's the same thing that the bears should be able to do and if the bears are able to take advantage of that pass rush each week there's nobody that we can't beat yeah man from your lips to god's ears with the way this defense is balling out right now mm -hmm. linebacker position beyond roquan because now there's a healthy danny trevathan that, oh, yeah. that's available to them he dresses for the first time danny day. T. We're, we're at number six you know well, switched up the jersey i'm not a big fan of it <laughs> now single digits in general or what no i just I, you know he he looks like kind of like a black bubby brister you know what i mean like it's just the, the six done look so uh, but right. but you know hey, listen that's hey but if that's his passion uh. go for it that's your passion buddy and, now and danny we, t is one of my favorites let me get out right now right, danny t is right. one of my favorites i just don't think you look that hot in six yeah it, it's new it'll take a little getting used to it's definitely brand new the the rotation that we saw like roquan is out there every snap right. regardless rotating ogletree and trevathan Anything worthy of concern there? Like, is it hard to get into a rhythm if you're not getting, like, every snap throughout a game as the LB? I, you know, you, you can't talk about being tired on the field as a linebacker, and my, you know, because I, we never come off the field. I never come mm. off the field, you know. Mm. And, and it, it's hard for me to, to get on board when coaches say, well, 
we don't have a workhorse running back. You know, we do a running back by committee. You know, if you have a running back that's good enough to be your, your workhorse, like a David Montgomery, then let him be your workhorse. Right. You know, why is it that he gets in, has two, three good runs, and then uh, we got to get you out for a spell? <laughs> no, if he taps his head and says, I want to come out, then, hey, you don't get out. Or tell him, can you give me one more? <laughs> That's what I mean by can you give me one more? No. Yeah. I was like, all right, we'll get in. You know, that's I want, you know, because because you're my playmaker. Uh -huh. So why would I want to take my playmakers off the field? And that's the same way it goes for for linebackers. You know, I know they're working uh, Danny in um, and maybe that's what they're doing, you know. And, and so they're maybe they're working him in and working Alec out. Uh, but at the same time, you want your best 11 out there all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and they're. Figuring it out, making it yeah. happen. It was the last game, or first game last week that yeah. Danny dressed in. And so, I mean, I, I remind folks because last season, he didn't, early in the year, coming off the COVID offseason or whatever it was, he didn't necessarily look like the Danny we had seen the seasons before that. Yeah. But around the halfway point or whatever, I, he was back to playing at a really, really high level last Because year. the first couple games, he had a little gum under his boot. You know what <laughs> I mean? He was getting stuck. You know, he was, there was uh, something that was wrong. Um, there were a lot of common comments on him and saying, you know, well, he's old. Old is the easiest way to, to dismiss a player. Hmm. You know, older players are smarter players, so they don't need to be as fast as other players because they know mm -hmm. how to, they know what's going to happen. They know how to get there faster than younger players because they're smarter. Right. You know, and so. Uh, um, so even though you got a little salt and pepper in the beer right now, absolutely. you can still give us a couple series I got if you stepped out there right now. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. Give me a clipboard. Give me a clipboard. Okay. Um, and, and, and some good assistance. Right. Right. So you can delegate. Yep. Right there and delegate. You do well, I take the credit. Um, but, you, but, but yeah, you know, and, and so I, I, knew there, I, I knew there was something wrong with him, yeah. you know, and as he got healthier, you could see him play better, you know, and, that's, and that, that was more, that had to be more of the, the reason than anything else. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And mm -hmm. the, the rivalry that we will see this week, you had so many mm -hmm. outstanding moments against the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. We will come back, mm -hmm. got some commentary from some of the current Bears greats, and we were here from the Bears great with me right now as this is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We are here at Hawthorne's Bar and Grill, Hawthorne's Backyard Bar and Grill out here go. in West Chicago. Bears playing the Packers this weekend and just salivating Woo! for that matchup with Green Bay. So this man knows it as well as anyone. We'll come Hot back. off a big win, yes, too. Yes, sir. First place in the division on the line. We will discuss that next. I'm Anthony Heron with Lance Briggs on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Packers suck. I would definitely say that you could feel it. You know, again, that's something that I felt, you know, from the day I've signed is, you know, the rivalry between uh, Chicago and the Packers, you know. So um, I think it's very prevalent for us as players. You know, again, I mean, not to say that you can't think about it any differently than another team, but I think there is a little bit more, you know, kind of energy, you know, behind it with it being a rival game. So the voice of Bears receiver Allen Robinson talking about the rivalry with the Green Bay Packers. We play that for you here on the Miller Lite Top Draft. We're here at Hawthorne's Bar and Grill out in West Chicago. Anthony Heron and Bears legend Lance Briggs as it is Packers week. It is Green Bay week. I want to make sure that everybody out there knows we're brought to you by Miller Lite. Proud beer partner of your Chicago Bears. Taste Bears fans can depend on and it is Miller time. And also it was mentioned earlier here on site. Just let everybody out there know that you can come see our, our promotional squad. This passes 
to uh, the Miller Lite Loft for Sunday, December 5th, the Bears versus the Cardinals. You can win tickets to that particular game out here at Hawthorne. So if you're listening, we're going to be here with Lance Briggs for about another hour. I'll be here with you till 9 o'clock. So there's an opportunity to continue to attempt to win tickets doing that. And also, Miller Lite Draft's only $3. So I see folks out here taking advantage of that as well. But uh, like we talked about a moment ago, Lance, it is Packers week. The, the Green Bay Packers come in. It's big. They're four and one. Mm-hmm. Bears are three and two. So beat the Packers. Both will be four and two. Yep. Tiebreaker will be here with Chicago. Now, obviously, you know, all the, the discussion about Green Bay has centered around the quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. When mm-hmm. is he going to leave and all this kind of thing? So the obviously the approach of the players in the locker room will be focused on this week. But do you see things big picture wise that just having a rookie QB who folks are really excited about for Chicago, can this be kind of an opening sign of, of what's to come if this ends up being the last year in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I, I, would, love, I would love for that to be the, the case. You never know in football. It's, you know, it's, it's any given Sunday, and, and um, um, you know, we could have the best game plan, you know, but they could have the best counter game plan. So mm-hmm. it, it comes down to adjustments. And uh, sometimes, you know, Bears don't make the best adjustments sometimes. <laughs> but uh, but I, think, I think the hope that, that Justin Fields brings and what, I, what I've seen, and I've, seen, I've played with a lot of quarterbacks, you know, in, in, in my 12 years with the Bears, um, I, I, it's hard for me to not believe in this kid and not yeah. believe that. You know, Ben, you mentioned when we were off that, that I wanted, I told uh, Alex and Olin, I was like, listen, we need to get, we need to get jobs with the Bears somehow, some way, just get on that, that, that staff or that, that front office because I believe this kid, Justin Fields, is going to take us to the Super Bowl, and I want to ring too. <laughs> like, I want to ring too, man, you know. But I think, he's, I think he's that capable. I, 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 when I watch him interview, when I watch him in the pocket, every, his, he's just a, he's a complete package as, as a quarterback. And, and the other thing that, that, that impresses me a lot is his arm strength like he, he throws a laser beam yeah. and his explanation for throwing it in this in this tight window for that first touchdown was <laughs> listen his back was to me you know and i know he's not going to be able to make a play it's gonna be hard for him to make a play when he doesn't know where the ball is coming you know that makes a lot of sense for when i when i'm critiquing and i say well some of his his throws were probably not the best decisions but I get why you did that, now, uh, you know, and so it's it's just it, 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 a lot of what he does makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, there's sometimes where there's that risk someone might take, a quarterback might take, but is it a calculated risk? You know, why did you end up doing it a certain way in game? And it does seem like he's thinking the game mm-hmm. at a high level. When you see the the offense and where they're at right now, and this this new approach we've seen the last couple of weeks with Bill Lazor calling the plays, are there ways that some more ball control, some of these heavy packages are running? Does that, in some ways, do you think aid the Bears' defense? Because, you know, there, there's a little more clock management, management and ball control there from the offense. So I do grade, and I grade the, the team every week. You know, I grade each unit, and, and offensively, they, you know, they were given an A. Um, <clears throat> even though they only scored, what, 20, 24 points, you know, and, and I, I said my thought was they ran the ball so well mm. that they, they, they chewed up a lot of time. You know, when they got in the four minute and fourth quarter, they chewed up a lot of time. And this is, uh, these are backbreakers for, for defense. You know, when, when you're running the ball and you're moving the chains, that means that clock is still running. You know, and your job, you know, and you, got, you have two, three tight ends that are moving around, that, 
that's the one thing too. You have two, three tight ends. They have these heavy packages that no one's seen before. Uh-huh. Green Bay has a week to prepare for the heavy right. packages. Right. So now it's going to be bone on bone, meaning each guy is going to have a guy, and they're not going to be out of position. You're going to see what they can do now, now that somebody's been able to prepare for you. When I was in college at the University of Iowa, we had the big rivalry with Iowa State. It was a big yep. deal in state. You in college at Arizona, yes, go Hawks. You in college at Arizona, big rivalry. We don't rivalry like the scum devils. State. We don't like them. That's right. Arizona State, That's right. big rivalry there. Around the National Football League, there's very few rivalries that really get the level of attention, the yeah. type of acclaim, the type of passion that Bears and Packers do. Were, were you in some ways even caught off guard by it? Because you, you didn't grow up in the midst right. of it. You, you weren't a Midwest guy who yeah. already knew about <clears throat> it when you got here. I, I, you know what? The, the, the rivalry between U of A and ASU is so intense that I, you know, it, it took me a second. And I guess the best way for me to, to describe it is you know, our coaches could talk about it. Our, our, some of our older teammates might be able to talk about it, our staff or whatever. But it was mostly when I left the, the practice field. When I left the practice field and went home, hmm. you know, you stop get gas. Somebody's talking about it. <laughs> you know, go to the grocery store. Somebody's talking about it. They're ringing you up, right. and they're talking about these, this Packer game, you know. And, and so it's everywhere you go, shoot, I'm, you know, I'm reaching for some – uh, uh, some evaporated milk and somebody's talking about it. You know, that's where you're like, I'm like, okay, this is serious. This is serious. You know, because a lot of people, it's such a, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a divided family, you know, and you have a, 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 a Packer family that married into a Bear family and then you guys have kids and, you, you know, the kids are Bear fans and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's embedded, you know, in these two states. There's so much uh, intertwining of uh, relationships, so it's uh, it, it. There's a there's a lot that goes at stake, and there's a lot of uh, bragging rights. And even in seasons where one franchise might struggle, and overall, you know, <laughs> the the Packers haven't last couple of decades struggled as frequently as the Bears have at different <laughs> points. To to say it uh, to say it mildly, Our day is coming. But in a season like this, where where first place is on the line, where both squads have big expectations. Mm -hmm. Is, is it possible where the intensity of the game itself ramps up even that much more? Oh, I think it does. You know, the Bears are they're coming off a big, big win against yeah. the Raiders. You know, yeah. they, they they beat the uh, the Bengals, and it's uh, to me it's it's uh, it's kind of a, a, a emotional shift for them. You know, it's a big time emotional shift for them. I think, and and they have a lot of momentum going into this game with a lot on the line. Um, you're going to you're going to get the Bears' best game, I, I, I believe. You're going to yeah. get their best game, and I think um, you know, especially watching um, uh, Fields take all the hits that he did last week. I think those hits are going to turn to missed tackles and, and extended plays this week. How much does the, the fact that whether it was, you know, Brett Favre for 20 years and now Aaron Rodgers for 15 years or however long it's been that he's been balling for Green Bay, for you as a defender, how much did that end up playing into? Not because you got a game plan for the individual talents of the guy during the week, but when you're actually out there between the white lines, like yeah. I, does it enter your mind that, okay, that's Aaron Rodgers on the other side, and I got to take him out? Like, he, he's a great one, I'm a great one, and that matchup that you have against a great player who seemingly has always been there for the Packers for the last 30 plus seasons at QB, how much does that end up entering your mind while you're in the game competing? Uh, in the game, I uh, no, not, I think in the game, even before the game, you know, I'm looking forward to playing against one of the best. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in the in you get to the to the top level of of the sport, 
and you, you've heard about guys in college, you rooted for guys when you were in high school and, and as a youth player, and now you're playing against the guys that you saw and you rooted for, and it's like, I'm, I'm up here, what's, what's, the, what's the measure of me as a football player? Mm. You know, the measure of me is, is play, how have I played against the best that have, that in the world? You know, and, and if I play well tonight, well enough tonight, I know what my measure is. I belong amongst the Giants, you know. And so uh, um, the Bears have one of the toughest, you know, schedules this year. Right. You know, great, because you get to measure yourself by playing the best. And if you beat the best, guess what? Now you are the, you are the best of the best of the best. So it puts you, it shoots you up in the power rankings, and it changes every way everybody thinks of your team. And while well, I referenced uh, a moment ago, maybe this is Aaron Rodgers' last season in Green Bay. So. We'll see, man. Fingers crossed. Yes. Fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe yes. you know, you get Justin Fields entering his prime while right. Aaron Rodgers is off somewhere else, riding off into the sunset. Oh, yeah. Hair's in getting the, long. In the the he's got to blow in the wind now. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tying that hair back, hairline receding, <laughs> who knows. But I think um, the, the franchise itself for, for what can be. I, I'm wondering a little bit about the window the Bears are in because as soon as they signed Khalil Mack a few seasons ago, I felt like, all right, you're, you're making that investment, you're spending that money on one of the best in the business, here's your window, here's championship window. Yeah. And we kind of go through season after season where it felt like that window wasn't necessarily being maximized. Right. In Packers week, with first place on the line, do you think that is that part of your evaluation or your analysis of, of this particular game where they made the switch to the rookie QB, but the Bears have a shot at first place here? So, I mean, championship window-wise, is this still an opportunity for them to take advantage of? Huge. I think it's huge. I think this is, yeah. a, I think it's a statement game for – another statement game for the Bears. I think each week, honestly, is a statement game. And it's a statement game for every position um, on the field, every unit – um, uh, the the coaches, the how the coaches come out, what their what what they stick to, what their adjustments are um, for this team. Every week is a statement, and 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 I like you know the fact that they've moved to running the ball more. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it it took them three years to figure this out, <laughs> but but you know now he's doing the things that are going to allow this team to to potentially win each game. So every game's a statement. Every 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 half is a statement, and I and I'm, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm super uh, excited about this team and where they're headed, but they have to make the right decisions all from top to bottom. Aaron Rodgers is such an elite talent oh, yeah. at QB, and you you competed against some of the best in the business when you were there. When you have a guy who can throw from from weird arm angles, who who's got velocity and accuracy. At, at the level that he does, do you, do you have to defend a, a guy like that, a, almost like superhuman QB talent? Do you have to defend that differently than you would just kind of the standard X's and O's of an opposing offense? Uh, no, you have to you, – you've got to hit home with your pass rush. Mm. Um, that's, that's Aaron Rodgers. That's always been his kryptonite, you know, is, is when you have a, a, a very good pass rush – that, that smothers, that gets in on him, um, that's when he struggles the most. Um, and uh, that hasn't changed. You know, I know Bakhtiari is out right now. Mm. Uh, we have an opportunity this week to, to really uh, put a lot of pressure on him. <laughs> and, and right now, nobody in the league rushes the ball better than the Bears. And for me, that spells, uh, that, that spells a good day for us.
Yeah, I like the sounds of that. Mm -hmm. and, and Lance Briggs, as we are here on the Middle Light Top Draft, we are at Hawthorne's Bar and Grill out here in West Chicago. Hawthorne's Backyard Bar and Grill out here in West Chicago. We'll take a time out here. When we return at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, one thing I want to get into you to with you, Lance, is you referenced the Bears' rushing attack. And David Montgomery won't be in the lineup for a few weeks, but we see multiple running backs now yes. with this new offensive approach. They still ran it really well against the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to hear your thoughts. We've talked a lot of defense. I want to get into some offense, some Justin Fields, and especially some okay. Bears running back here. Next, this is the Miller Lite Top Draft. Lance Briggs and Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <laughs> 